This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Martin Hyde? Martin Hyde is a Sarasota, Florida resident who is originally from the United Kingdom, where he was a soccer player. After moving to Sarasota, he worked as the president of a local office equipment company. At one point, he was married, but he divorced in 2010. He has four sons. During the divorce proceedings, Martin's ex-wife accused him of threatening her, but that allegation was later dropped. Martin has run for various political offices. The divorce allegations have been used against him by political opponents. He denied ever putting his hands on anyone, saying, quote, I might not be the most polite person you've ever met in your life, but that's a long, long way from putting your hands on people, unquote. For what it's worth, the correct phrasing should have been, I might not be the politest. Sounds weird, but politest is the superlative of the word polite. Martin Hyde has a reputation for having difficulty controlling his temper. He's been involved in a number of arguments with police officers during traffic incidents. I will go through a number of the incidents here before moving to the primary one that is the topic of this video. It's worth noting that Martin has not been arrested or charged in connection with any of these incidents. The first incident occurred in 2005. An officer reported that Martin was irate about parking spots in the alley behind his business. He was involved in a dispute with another driver. Perhaps someone was trying to park in his space or something like that. A second incident was in 2007. Martin's vehicle was rear-ended at a traffic light. After an officer responded, Martin was very belligerent and aggressive to the point where the officer called a sergeant to the scene. Martin would later say that the officer was being disrespectful and the other driver caused $20,000 in damage to his vehicle. The police report indicated that both drivers agreed there was no damage. The third incident occurred in 2013. Officers responded to an alley behind Martin Hyde's business. His vehicle was in the alley facing another vehicle. Both Martin and the driver of the other vehicle refused to move. This sounds like an immaturity contest where both people really wanted to win. According to the incident report, after the officer arrived, Martin told him that he attended Oxford University 
and would call the city manager. When addressing this incident later, Martin said the only reason the officers wrote a report is because they were worried he would make good on calling their boss. Martin continued by saying, quote, I am not that petty, unquote. A fourth incident occurred in 2015. Officers were investigating a collision between a shuttle bus and a parked car when they encountered Martin Hyde. They indicated that Martin was intoxicated and belligerent. Martin told officers that he would call the commissioner. Now moving to February 14, 2022. At this time, Martin was a Sarasota congressional candidate. Martin Hyde was involved in yet another incident on this day. He was pulled over by a Sarasota police officer named Julia Beskin. He was allegedly traveling 57 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone and texting on his phone. Officer Beskin's body camera video shows her approaching his vehicle. She tells him why she pulled him over. Martin admonishes her for pointing at him. Then he says, I'll just call the chief. You know who I am, right? The officer indicates that she does before asking for his license and registration. Martin says something like, are you sure you want to do this? Before shaking his head at her in apparent disgust. Like it's awful that she's going to destroy her career over this traffic stop. Martin produced his license and handed it to the officer, but not before asking how long she's been a police officer. She responded by saying seven years. Martin continued to argue with the officer. He apparently could not find his registration. She returned to her vehicle for a moment and then walked back to Martin carrying his citations. He told her that he called her supervisor. Then he said, is it your Russian immigrant status that makes you talk to people like this? Julia Beskin is originally from Latvia. Martin continues to argue. He said, do you think you're winning? Do you? You're talking to a congressional candidate like this. He accused her of lying because he found an expired registration for his vehicle and tried to give it to her. She did not take it as she had already written the citation for failing to produce the registration. The officer returned to her vehicle to wait for the sergeant. Martin stepped out of his vehicle. The officer told him several times to get back in or move over to the side of the road. It was for his safety. Before the sergeant arrived, another officer pulled up to the scene. Officer Beskin had requested help. Martin showed this officer the expired registration and said, we are going to make sure that she pays the price for being disrespectful. He then goes on to say he's friends with everybody in the police department, and this is the first time any officer has been disrespectful to him. Martin said, of all the people to do it to, like he was suggesting that she had picked the wrong person to mess with. The sergeant who the officers had been waiting for finally showed up. He talked to Martin. Martin goes on for a while, complaining that Officer Beskin was disrespectful to him. She wrote the ticket about the registration, even though he had it. He supports the police. He's done a lot for them. The sergeant essentially just tries to pacify Martin, telling him he understands, and he'll look into it. This was the end of the incident. Later, Martin Hyde apologized for his behavior. He said he was known to be aggressive verbally. He said the officer was just doing her job. He goes on to say, quote, At the point when I realized that my rather silly statement, do you know who I am, wasn't going to work, I should have shut up and let it go, but I didn't, unquote. Later in the message, he wrote, I am sorry, Officer Julia Beskin. 
Martin Hyde is no longer a congressional candidate. He dropped out of the race. Now moving to my analysis. Martin Hyde has acknowledged some of his personality characteristics which get him in trouble. He says that he is unafraid to say things others might not. It might make him seem intimidating and rude, but he is not threatening. He is strongly opinionated. All these characteristics do not make him bad or dangerous. Essentially, he's implying that it's important to be aggressive and disagreeable in politics. These traits can carry over into all types of interactions. It's okay because he's not violent and has never been arrested. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. The incident on Valentine's Day is a bit worrisome. It does appear as though the police officer was simply doing her job. She was a traffic officer and Martin was allegedly doing something dangerous in a vehicle, driving 17 miles per hour over the speed limit while texting. Either one of these behaviors would be dangerous. Putting them both together is reckless. The officer was protecting people by issuing citations to Martin Hyde. If Martin wants to do something to protect the citizens of Sarasota, he should stop driving. Martin is definitely not the only high-profile figure to have these types of encounters with the police. For example, Reese Witherspoon once asked an officer who had pulled over her husband, Do you know who I am? This appears to be a somewhat common behavior among people who consider themselves to be elites. What could be happening in a situation like this? Why does this keep happening to these elites? Sometimes when people find themselves in a position of power, or they believe they are in a position of power, the person becomes grandiose, arrogant, condescending, and develops a sense of entitlement. They no longer look at being a politician or having another important position as a way to serve, but rather as a way to be honored. When people challenge their authority, power, and greatness, they become highly offended. A traffic stop is a tremendous insult for an elite person with these narcissistic characteristics. They perceive a massive difference between themselves and the officer. They deserve respect from the entire world. They are admirable in every way, whereas the officer has not earned respect and only has been given power under limited circumstances. Some police officers tend to abuse this power, which only makes the elite envious. Elite people view abusing power as their job. From the elite perspective, the officer occupies a low level in society and is unfit to challenge or insult the elite. The traffic stop and citation violate the power dynamic that the elite expects and demands. In their mind, low level people do not get to interfere with high-level people, and that's what they believe is happening. They would sooner expect a police escort than to be pulled over.
To restore the incorrect power dynamic, the elite person tries to intimidate, manipulate, and insult the officer. They want to put the officer in their place, show them who's boss. The problem, of course, is that the police are trained to dominate. They don't want their authority challenged either. This can create a dangerous situation to people who will not back down. What I find interesting about the behavior of the elite person is that if they truly believe themselves as above the officer, if they really believe that, they would simply accept the citation and go on their way. They would not give the officer a second thought. They would not grant the officer that type of power. Ignoring the officer shows that they really believe in their elite status. They believe it's protected and established. The problem is their ego is fragile, so fragile that even a routine traffic stop can threaten their greatness. How impressive can a person be if they have to argue with an officer who is just doing their job? In a sense, the elite person is proving that they do not, in fact, deserve respect. They are not special. The last item I want to address is this argument that if a person is disagreeable in one domain, they're going to be that way in every domain. For example, in this case, there's this idea that Martin Hyde is a warrior politician, willing to challenge anyone, but he just cannot seem to contain this cantankerous nature to the political arena. Rather, it extends into everyday life. He is essentially implying that people need to take the bad with the good. In my opinion, this is a ridiculous argument. People can and should be disagreeable at times, but there is no need to violate boundaries. If a person cannot control their behavior when disagreeing, their ability to reason should be questioned. Emotions and reason cannot both be in control at the same time. There are plenty of people who spend their days disagreeing with others, perhaps as part of their job, only to leave work and get along with people. There is a time and a place for arguing on the side of a road during a traffic stop is not it. Now moving to my final thoughts. Martin Hyde may not have been arrested or had any other serious consequences for his behavior, but it has to be exhausting to be that argumentative all the time. Is it really worth it to be so sensitive that any interaction can result in a big argument? At some point, one has to ask oneself, why am I being combative? It can't always be the fault of the police or other people. Sometimes it pays to look inward to find the answers about the causes of behavior. It would appear that Martin Hyde has a level of insight consistent with his level of driving. Both are substandard. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery 
and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.